0: This is Richard Wilson speaking. Thank you for downloading One Foot in the podcast. Hello to the one foot in the grave is out there this is one foot in the podcast wishing you all well the episode we will be reviewing is series two episode four who will buy first airing october the 25th 1990. there are a couple of firsts we'll be celebrating today firstly the introduction of patrick and pippa trench who do not know what they're letting themselves in for for the next 10 years or so and also the first one from the podcast that not only has a new guest appearing but but has his daughter on with him, who of which has appeared on a previous episode. It's Rachel Rowett, formerly Penny Kate, and her dad Tim Penny Kate. Welcome both. Hello,
1: thank oh, you for welcome. having us.
0: It's okay. quite all right. It's the the first parent child podcast duo, possibly, <laughs> possibly the last, depending on how this goes. <laughs> we've got a quiz coming at the end of our review, which already recorded. So we'll reveal the winner later on. But I was, I felt like I was somewhat pleasantly surprised. But I think I might have underestimated both of you in some regard. Anyway. <laughs> But I hope you're both well. i I last saw you both at the the event uh, in Christchurch. I suppose I just want your immediate thoughts really on them um, the one foot in the Algarve upscale film that we watched. what What were your thoughts?
1: It was really lovely to see it on a big screen, so used to watching it just on the television. I never thought I'd watch any kind of one foot in the grave on a big mm. screen like that. So that was yeah, it was really nice and very surreal to have Doreen Mantle watching herself on the screen just mm. a few just a few foot away.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'd say that as well. That probably what made it for me was actually Dory Mantle sitting, uh, you know, just, just a few feet away. I mean, it's a shame to see how old she's got now, but I mean, considering that One Foot in the Algarve was, you know, made in the 1990s, that's, you know, you don't realise that people do get so much older, do you? This is
0: it. You, you're, you're fixated on the the era that they're on our screens and obviously when you meet them in the flesh, you know, oh, blimey. Yeah, of course, you know. We all age, sadly, but all her faculties, you know, and she was watched watched it from start to finish. And I couldn't resist looking over, seeing her face light up at all the yeah, funny yeah. moments. So Sweet, it must yeah. have been a real uh, privilege for her to have watched that with all the adoring fans sat behind her and to, to her side. So yeah uh, re- yeah, really, really great email. So it's nice to meet meet you both as well. Uh, really? You sort of you made it with it. minutes to spare, didn't you? We did, did, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think it's quite tricky for a lot of people to come down on a Friday after work. It's going to be a bit of a challenge, isn't it? As people travel all over the country by the sounds of it. But uh, yeah, it's a great little night. So, Dad, did you get... uh daughter into one foot in the grave or did, did you not really have to do that she'd already discovered it or do you remember watching it as it as it aired in the 90s i don't really know
2: because I, I first episode i saw was um you know back in january 1990 in the first series because we'd been to the I philippines know. and i'd come back a few weeks earlier and rachel was still a, you know about two three years old at the time and i started watching it and um sort of was hooked to it really from the very first episode and i think it was something we used to watch regularly on tv at home and it's just one of those sort of things like. There we say some other comedy series like Forty Towers and things Mm. like that. Watched it, just got into it. So we're very much, very much similar the way we find things funny.
0: It's amazing to hear fans recount watching it from 1990. Rachel and I are similar age and we wouldn't have really become aware of it until the mid-90s at the earliest. So quite envious that you got to watch it as it was aired, you know, on a weekly basis. That's it. In 1990, you were treated to two series and a special. So quite a lot in that 12-month Period. Very much so, yeah. Who will buy? When you when you watched it in preparation for this podcast, did you have to have your mind refreshed on what happened, or do you just know the episodes inside out? Or
1: I do, but I don't
2: know about you. No, it's, I'm, I'm not so good to actually remember the episode names as such, but once the episode gets going, I know how it's actually going to pan out, and as soon as mm. I start watching i remember what this one's actually all about now, so it's, um, yeah, but so not so good to remember the names of the episodes Yeah. The content's uh, pretty good, but
0: and your your lovely daughter recently got married. She's now Rachel Rowett, and I am I allowed to say that I had a little sneak look at the the speeches? Am I allowed to say that Rachel? Should I yes, take can. that out? Never... No, and you um, can. your dad wrote some lovely words and sort of didn't show me the whole thing, which is you know absolutely fine because you know it's you know, private. But there was I a can segment. It to you, if you want oh, there <laughs> was well, a segment about um, comedy. And how uh that was that was probably I suppose when you're reading that out, we was that from the heart like, you know, when Rachel's growing up, were you sharing those comedy moments together? What was going through your mind when you wrote that little bit in in your speech for your daughter's wedding? Was it did it feel like I don't know what I'm trying to ask here other than that was really cool to put all those little bits in about your comedy moments, but there was the one foot in the grave specific. But I can't remember what you put now. Can you recall what you've mentioned about one foot in the grave?
2: uh i can't actually what was it? Was it?
1: i think you said something like um rachel's really into a lot of british comedy which some of you might find unbelievable, oh, it's
2: unbelievable. Yeah. that's right yes yeah that's that's the comment sort of thing about it yeah um, yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, when we watch, well, we watch a lot of comedy programmes, and all that, but yeah. there's an awful lot of quotes which are made in various programmes that become part of our vocabulary, and there's definitely one within this episode which does as well. So I think all right. sort of alluding, we can to that later, but I think this was kind of alluding really to the fact that we do watch a lot of comedy programmes, so people Rachel her age might not think she some of the classic comedies from the 60s and 70s and 80s that some of Rachel's sort of uh, age would
0: actually find it funny but that's why the comment was that it's
2: unbelievable Unbelie-
0: yeah unbelievable. <laughs> oh, that's very really nice yeah that gives me an idea for if my daughter gets married in 25 years time I'll probably hopefully I'll be able to hopefully she's watched those British comedies like I did I don't know I'm sort of don't really force it yet I, I put one from the grave on and fools and horses and she she knows what they are now she knows what those broke. she recognizes the theme tune but whether she'll go the extra step in watching a whole episode is to be seen but she's only four so (laughs) give her a chance so who will buy i think we should just crack on and open up with the opening scene are you both ready yeah
3: yeah
0: we're opened up in a bit of a cosy scene in the Meldrews living room, presumably evening time. It exactly, will be evening time, and the Meldrews are watching a detective drama, Poirot. I don't suppose any you both watched Poirot? No. When it was on, mm-hmm. I didn't. No, not at all. No. I no. I th- I don't know if Remick's a fan of Poirot. I mean, he's he's. Obviously giving it a good mention. Um, Victor is very sort of slouched drinking. Uh, what, what's he eating and drinking, which has caused him to be, be a bit silly. So he's drinking whiskey and eating Smarties. Is, is that a combination that you find
2: yourself doing, Tim? It's a strange one. No, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, don't think so. <laughs> yeah,
0: one spi- or the other. <laughs> spirits and, and something sweet just doesn't sound right, does it? Just, uh, Margaret seems to be cracking nuts, isn't she? Yes, Did I say yeah, it right? A
1: nutcracker. Yeah.
0: And next to Margaret is a um, is Cuthbert, a stuffed doll with a burst open back. And it's another little insight, isn't it, to Victor's creativity.
1: Yes.
0: And to date, so we're, we're at series two. So far, we know that he dabbles in magicianry work. Is magicianry the word? <laughs> magician conjuring yeah, yeah. um, yeah. that's it a bit of script writing and now we, we learned that he's, he did a bit of ventriloquism at some point Victor and Margaret doing that thing where as a couple or as a family if you're watching a detective mystery drama you're sort of commentating as you go trying to work out what the hell's going on I don't know if this is a thing that David Renwick wanted to do where acknowledge that people do like people like me will sort of ask what the hell's going on as they go and trying to guess the outcome before you see it and i don't know if they're commenting on a real episode or not i don't know if you've had to verify that i didn't check that but it was quite a quite a clever guess by margaret
2: who do you reckon did it then
3: his nephew basil why because when they
0: found the old man's body in the herb garden, that's what he was clutching in his hand, a piece of basil. Ah! I like how Victor was quite amazed by this theory. All he did was sort of sigh in, in amazement, and that was enough to make me laugh for some reason. <laughs> Probably because he's a bit slow on the uptake, this sort of thing, and he's obviously half-cut as well. But Margaret is, as ever, unimpressed with his humour.
1: Good, good job it wasn't Uncle Dick.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it does probably take a few drinks for Victor to have a laugh. Yeah, I don't know if he would have done this sober, but I can't imagine sober Victor being this sensible. Isn't he the same yeah. with Jean um, in Only a Story? Aren't they watching some detective mystery?
1: Is that is that
2: there, there was one? I see some references or something of a naked man running through the woods or something in one episode.
0: Well, got... how could it
2: be her? Can't, think, that, can't figure out why this this naked is running through the woods all the time that is in an episode but i don't know which one it
0: is it's not the first or last time they'll be watching telly anyway just commentate commentating what they see. if you are if you are watching a detective mystery drama it comes what, what's the word to describe the reveal of the case being closed or coming to a conclusion it's happening in poirot isn't it and they they're settling down ready to hear who's who the murderer was or whatever it's
2: isn't it? The, something like that. Reeling or something like that, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Without them both knowing, the the darts has now been shown with uh, <laughs> jockey Wilson. I don't know if analogue TVs did that a lot in the 1990s. I don't remember ours turning over spontaneously. You might have done.
2: I think what they were doing, it was um, they're probably video recording on a timer. There used to be a problem years ago. If a TV programme ever run, the timer would switch off at the time. Right. It said So I remember when you set a video up, you used to have to... Um, leave about five minutes either side of it if it was the early start or late finish i can still remember many times saying cutting off at the crucial moment
0: i knew it was handy to have yourself on tim because i <laughs> i wouldn't ever record that but i i, I remember t- um putting the video timer on and ma- yeah maybe i do re- maybe i'm maybe that's refresh my memory a bit but anyway that's very funny because victor sort of snaps out of being a bit drunk to an- uh, annoyed sober victor in that moment
3: you know why this bloody jockey Wilson! We're watching
0: the dark now. <laughs> How did that happen? There's a seed planted, isn't there, for the spots on the nose thing? That just seems like a random thing, but I think people do. If you eat too much sweets, you can come out in a bit of acne, can't you? Mm. So I hear it's, it's often not very good for you. So that might come into play a little bit later. We sort of, the tension turns back to this Cuthbert, the stuffed doll. And it's creep, creeping up Margaret somewhat, isn't it? And as ever, as as we'll see throughout the series, she downplays his ability to carry out hobbies or his general ability with creativity. And I don't know why it annoys her other than the fact that this particular instance, it, it just creeps her out. And she asks him to put it in the downstairs toilet, which that will come back. That will come full circle as well, into it, later on? every little detail that you hear it is does matter doesn't it they're not just throwaway lines so obviously if you're listening to this as a you know yeah. everyone's seen the episode you know what's happening but yeah it's only when you review these uh, episodes you realize that they're not just throwaway comments. comments absolutely yeah.
2: love it i mean there is also in later episode with the episode with the um the doll the um puppet the marionette the um ends up the head in the microwave as well, oh, yeah you know, Margaret's taste for these sort of things
0: yeah, she. She
1: was jealous of
2: Cuthbert. Though. No, no,
0: well, I think no. She's no. His backs burst open, internet it? yeah, <laughs> So It's not only freaks her out. It's just a messy hobby for Victor. Well, <laughs> there's another episode, isn't he? When he when he plays with dolls, I think he creates a, a Frankenstein-type doll, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: Oh, that was a teddy, though,
3: wasn't yeah. it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which scares off the little boy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I can't remember what episode that is. I think it's Beware the Tricks on the Roof. I want to say
1: it's the, yeah it's yeah that's the, it's one with a cow with a slightly yeah. damaged leg <laughs> yeah um is that it <laughs> yeah <The> perfect condition <laughs> for <from laughs> a leg, yeah
0: <laughs> um it's it's not the longest opening scene no. before I think Victor does cave and just puts Cuthbert doll into the downstairs toilet mm-hmm. where the next scene i think i think it's the next morning it's in the hallway victor inspecting the spot on his nose that's it yes and yep. uh <laughs> And he's also going through some uh, junk mail. Some what, what, I read
1: my mail. Is that how
0: you read your Gas yeah. bill. Crap, crap. Obviously, all our gas bills have gone up a bit, a little bit too much.
1: Yeah. I think,
3: yeah.
0: You imagine what you'd have to say to the inflation right now? Well, mm. it'd say what the rest of us are saying, I suppose. Anyway, so Victor calls out for some aspirin. I think he's got a bit of a hangover following the Whiskey and Smarties night before shenanigans. Margaret, is she in a dressing gown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but she's, she's, she's come from outside.
1: She'd been at the community centre because there'd been a bomb scare that night. She'd left Victor in bed. What?
3: What? What if what, what it had gone off? <laughs> couldn't be any worse than your snoring. It was a relief to get away from it for a few hours.
0: But she did call out to him in the night. He dismissed it out of hand, didn't he?
1: He said, to "Call the A-team and, um, <laughs> A team and and put a pillow over his
0: head." Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is the same community centre I've seen in Who's Listening Possibly. and the very and the very first episode where Victor thinks he's going to have like a surprise retirement, retirement party.
1: Party,
0: yeah. I'd like. I'd, I would like to know these little. Uh, these. I mean, it can't be a big town where they live. You know, wherever it is they actually live and then there's a knock at the door I think this is the point there's a knock at the door just before Margaret stops in the tracks. to I think she spots a little beetle, beetle in the yeah. yeah and she decides for some reason to put it in a tube of smarties I think it's a dead beetle or, or a live one but, but this happens it yes. happens a lot doesn't it P- people in one from the grave are consuming what they shouldn't be but it doesn't seem to bother Victor does it later he doesn't seem to there's
1: anything he don't... doesn't know this I think way, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Isn't it in Endgame where Margaret references h- how his palate is just, you can chuck anything in his gob and he won't really care what it is. He just eats for England. I think he's mm-hmm. talking to Betty McVitie in mm-hmm. the high street. He yeah, has a very specific scene I'm, I'm referring to, but it just just come to me now. So We know that Victor just will eat anything. He doesn't really, the amount of seafood he, can get, he gets through. And he,
3: mm-hmm.
0: he had a hobby, didn't he? And One of many hobbies, cooking, which Margaret didn't seem to also like. He just can't win, can he? Poor bugger. So we have similar this
2: as well. If there's a previous hour about looking for these Sky TV salesmen who look like Buddy Holly. Uh, This guy here, I I thought it looked like um, was that a Craig? Craig uh, Charles. Charles. It Uh, it it isn't Craig Charles. It does look like him, but you all get irritating salespeople like this will come right in your face. So I think we have previous form with Victor with uh, door-to-door salesman.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, And this particular salesman selling fairly niche product It's bendy dinosaurs and I think they're pretty cool actually but very pricey 25 pound yeah. for a small one 50 pounds for a large 25 pound in 1990 is apparently 55 pounds in today's money it's a lot of money, a lot of money
3: yeah. good grief and I know you'll agree will make the ideal gift for your grandchildren how do you know I've got grandchildren I've had be completely sterile <laughs>
0: Because this salesman's making assumptions that'd be make a good Christmas present for for the grandkids. One of the first times i watched this episode, I was if you haven't seen Timeless Time and you've watched this episode first before time, you think, yeah, I'd never hear the mention about having kids. Maybe there's something going on there. They have had Stuart, sadly, died at a young age. So that would have really hit a nerve, just to get a bit deep for a moment mm. before Victor. Slams the door on this salesman guy. He just stands there, doesn't he? Do you notice yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if that's just for comic effect or he was just a bit flubbergasted he's just been victor can be the first or the last customer potential customer to slam the door on on him so i don't know if it was a production area where he was told just to stay there and the camera would pan away pretty quickly but it stayed on him for about yeah three or four three seconds, seconds didn't it yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
0: and did you notice the backdrop looked really uh fake it's <laughs> obviously fake yeah. but because there's Thank no houses really. opposite trisillian way if you've being like I have, you know there's there's no... But they have to have that illusion that this house is opposite because all the little things that happen in future with Mrs., Mr. and Mrs. Ellsbury across the way being nosy through, you know, the bedroom window. So the salesman goes, that may crop up later, the Bendy Dinosaurs element. It's quite tragic, but we won't, won't go any more on that. I think that's a good excuse for David to write his spiel on door-to-door salespeople. They've just got a job to do, you know, so we've been a bit balanced for a minute. Vic did not have time for this this uh, chap. And this, and now, to end this scene, Margaret announced she's, she's got to make a delivery later. Her colleague Meg has uh, crashed... I think she had a crashed a van. a van into a wall. Yeah, we yeah. haven't been introduced to Meg yet, but we will see her in Monday morning. We'll be fine, I think, at the pub. She's going to deliver some flowers. eats
1: Beetle, accidentally.
0: Oh, yeah, so... yeah. yeah. <laughs> margaret i'd say nothing about her, just stares in
2: disbelief and sort of never mind <laughs>
0: and also you've, you've had the the window cleaner man down in the the spices in secret seven sorcerers i just record yeah. oh and jean um borrowing what she thinks is hair tonic but it's actually victor's urine think, in a in a previous episode yeah oh and the tesco toilet duck soap is it he covers himself in the dark yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just happens all the way through the show I absolutely love it
1: just think another thing that he did a, a similar thing wasn't there something Patrick's Ginseng tea that Victor mm. what does he think it is? what does he end up doing with it? I can't remember
0: a suppository?
1: something like that shoves yeah. up his uh, oh, oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah that's right
2: yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bottle of wine isn't there that they think of, as a present for they're not cooking it and then realise it's that for uh, Patrick's father Left, that's yeah. right, it fills up with cheap lager which explodes on Christmas Day. <laughs> you don't see it
0: happening, but it's related <laughs> to you by Patrick. what carbonated cat's piss, that's how he describes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very creative way to describe really cheap booze. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in the garden. I presume it's the same day, it's at disposing of some that junk mail into the bin outside and we're greeted by the lovely mr Sweeney, like he does most days i imagine mr Sweeney's mother's kindly made some grape and peach mm. jam yeah jam? or is it mark no Jam preserve, yeah, which she previously has made some carrot cake, or in a later episode, she does, and that's using the door wedge. If I, if yeah. I recall, <laughs> <laughs> do you actually see the jam in this? Yeah, it's there.
2: You do it do? You I just think, it,
0: yeah. Just yeah, hand yeah.
1: to the jam, it's oh, right, tiny, okay. yeah. tiny jar. Oh, right, okay, then, yeah,
0: yeah
2: tiny little yes. yes. Yeah.
0: yeah, I love it when he, how many times have I said this in the podcast, but when he thanks his mother whilst gesturing to the bedroom window on, on their behalf, I just find it so funny.
3: He says, Thank you very much indeed
0: because <laughs> victor's just has got that look of like a wary look about him sort of politely smiling asking after her but just you just don't see her <laughs> it gets me every time um and to add to more more doubt into the mind of the Meldrews and in a way us the audience smiley and friendly mr Sweeney responds to victor whilst Sort of leaning on a shovel says that his um, mother wants to be buried in the back garden
2: whereas in <laughs> fact
0: he's just innocently doing some yeah, some gardening of course mm-hmm. but I, w- I wonder what viewers back in 1990 thought mr swaney because yeah you don't ever see her, her mother obviously throughout the series we know mr swaney's a good guy but i wonder if at this point in time i don't know if you remember tim did you think oh, he's a bit too nice what's going on with this guy
2: well, there's always um, yeah. I mean, he always seems a vaguely annoying person in a way, so nice but annoying. But there is an episode uh, I can't remember what it is now, but it's he's watching a TV program. It's, the and last, it's,
1: it's the second to last. It's the second
2: to last. Yeah, and he's very, very, he's very, very dark. So he? I think it's realizing that um, he could have been so much more than he actually was.
0: Yeah, born uh, a Dawn of that, man, that, isn't it? Was, I think
2: character. Yeah, Dawn of it's man. Nearly always a light, light scene in it. Mm. Like that
0: one though is quite dark yeah that is one that is I think that that episode was put forward for a BAFTA Because see that was a very powerful scene wasn't it because mm. you just throughout the series is Mr Smiley Mr Sweeney we mm. don't know any different do we but yeah he's even in this in even in this moment because he's invited Victor to I mean I, I what I just try to remember here is he's he's inviting Victor to c- carry out his ventriloquism act at the yeah at the community hall for some action for the elderly or whatever does he know at this stage that oh no he says margaret tells him yes yes yeah yeah, margaret sort of spread the word that victor's practicing ventricism so victor plays his ability down doesn't he Mm -hmm. and mr swain has that look of polite Sadness, sort of, sort of accept it, and then Victor, obviously, pulling put like the heartstrings, to, obviously decides to crack on right and, and help out. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We might come to it later this charity event, but it's just, it just amazes me if it's for support of the elderly that you've got all these sort of thrash metal, and punk <laughs> <that> <laughs>
1: yeah, anthrax,
2: uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I did. <I> mean, that's <laughs> obviously,
0: it's obviously part of the joke, but yeah, when you think about it, you think there'd be some more acts of Victor's age, as, yeah. as far as we know. There's all the kids on the sidelines. They are. Yeah, they're obviously 60. <laughs> so we're at like, a, I think it's like a, a new location, as far as I can tell, a residential side road. Do
1: you know where uh, it is? Like where it was? Where do it I know?
0: Was. I probably. Do you know? Are you no. testing me? No. Oh, um, I don't know officially. I must have looked it up at one time or another, but I do think at this particular person's flat. It looks like the same location they use for jeans.
1: Oh
2: yeah, for her. Ooh,
0: yeah. Yes, yeah. And I wonder if it's the same. I don't know. But anyway, we see Margaret pull up behind a, a locksmith van, and she's there to, to deliver the flowers that Meg would have. Oh, it's certainly, actually, when we get to do, do we think Meg would have been as generous as Margaret? Yeah. You know, when we get to that part of the storyline, do you don't think know. she? I know know what we know of Meg. We, do, we know very little. We saw her in a, in a series three episode one. She, I don't know if she. It's hard to tell, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. I think Margaret is is particularly kind, though. I think she's a very kind person and seems to have an affinity (coughs) with older people.
2: see it here a couple of times. She's kind of painted into a corner about a lot of things. You know, tries to bluff her way out of something sort of thing by being kind. But in doing so, probably actually causes more trouble. Yeah. I think there's a couple of links here. One with the flowers, one with obviously subsequently reading the letter. Uh, that it actually probably leads to worse problems. Yeah,
0: this is the this is the thing. Is she sort of set, sets a precedent, doesn't she, to do more and more for this for this elderly chap? But of course, yeah, she she knocks on the door, and from inside it's all dark. This, this elderly chap thinks the person that's just left was just locksmith or security mm. man it's forgotten his torch and it isn't it so yeah so it's margaret and there's a bit of a mix up, a bit of confusion and this chap is um presumably completely blind it's sad it's sad is this is probably up there for one of the saddest episodes but of these moments throughout the series but this is definitely up there for how how it all concludes jolly upbeat soul lives on his own and he thinks the flowers that margaret's come to live are for him it's clearly either the wrong address or it must be the wrong address, because I was going to say maybe it's for the previous occupant, but it seems like he's been there for many years.
2: He does say it's 6262A. Um,
0: ah, yes. So, but this is uh, Jimmy Jewell.
2: Ooh, carnations, chrysanthemums, and freesias. Oh, she knows I love freesias.
0: He passed away a long time ago, 1995, so only, yeah, five years after this aired. I did have the pleasure of actually seeing him in a pantomime, did you
2: uh, sometime in the 1970s up in London? But right, that, it was a long, long time ago. I think it was up in Gold is Green, I think it was Gold Green Theatre or something. But it's back in the early 1970s, that was
0: yeah. He's a bit of a veteran of the stage, isn't he? he, he his style of his era, was yes. He actually, yeah.
1: Is he actually, was he actually blind? No, he wasn't.
0: It's called Albert, and his his face lights up, doesn't he, When he smells. Some yeah. of these flowers, flowery smells, and he, he assumes it's for his seventieth from he his looks niece. A older
1: than seventy, though, doesn't
0: he? Probably was. I think he's probably eighty something. I think yeah. I looked up his age. I think he was. I think he was in his eighties when this was being filmed. Mm. Again, talk, talks of nieces rather than daughter's sons. Although that is mentioned a bit later that he's got children in Australia or, or wherever. Mm. But just he just thought these these flowers from his from his niece. I'm obsessed with with this because to margaret so many cousins and nieces and nephews mentioned but obviously they don't have kids today so i suppose mm-hmm. they're not going to have, have any other kind of relative um, poor margaret is sort of backed into a corner isn't she emotionally but also poor old albert he's got the he's got the r- wrong end of the stick it's
1: heartbreaking
0: she's a good woman and for, for for all of margaret's faults and she hasn't got many you know we we gave her a hard time in uh, dramatic fever when she ridiculed victor's script Clearly, is like that with Victor on and off throughout their relationship. Like any good person, she wants to help, mm. and uh, she falls over some of the furniture because it's pitch black in there. It's, the trip's gone in the, the electric, and uh, yeah, obviously that is is funny when he goes to he thinks he's sorting out the electricity problem, and he says, "Oh, is that better?" Which is not there, and it's still not on. Margaret mentioned how cold it is, and she's directed to the fireplace to. to switched it on some electric heater which makes an absolute racket if i recall when i was watching it i, d- I didn't notice it before but when she switches it on it's very loud it must have been a very old bit of kit there's a fan heater in the fireplace oh, uh,
3: oh uh, yes i see yeah uh, that's better isn't it uh is your kitchen in here
1: um, the on. I think it's a
0: radio. <laughs> or radio, turns, think, yeah. It's the cool Archers. Cool. <laughs> the Archers, yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> yeah, my mum loves The Archers, yeah. It's that it's that very recognisable theme tune, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of extracted a laugh from the audience, that's for sure. And you can hear Margaret crashing around into sort of pots and pans in the background, and um, I think presumably, yeah, putting the flowers in, into a vase, and Albert's trying to sort the fuse out. The, the, a lot of these scenes are quite brief, actually. Mm. We're now introduced for the first time mm to Patrick and Pippa, who joyfully pull up alongside Victor, who clearly has no idea who they are, or at the least seems somewhat wary of them. Hello.
3: Hi there. How are you doing? Oh, good gracious.
1: This is a surprise.
3: <laughs> it's uh... Patrick, Patrick and Pippa.
0: And Pippa. <laughs> I don't think we'll ever see Patrick and Pippa this upbeat and friendly ever again.
1: No, I did, I did <laughs> make a note of that. <laughs>
0: And I don't think we'll see Angus Dean with bleached highlights in his hair again either, hey. will we? No. Hey. <laughs> that was his look he used to sport. I think he used to do a lot of work with Rowan Atkinson and also Paul Merton, I think, he used to work with quite a lot. I, I've seen some stuff of Angus in the 80s. That was, that was just his look, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, he so did a period of episode of Blackadder, I think, I believe, one time. As well, some of over Richard Curtis, all those sort of... Sort of uh,
0: sort mm. Oh, I love Blackadder... Yeah, absolutely love Blackadder. Was that in the speech, Blackadder? It
2: wasn't actually, uh, it was, actually was, it? No. Yeah. was it? not? I think we had a lot of other stuff in there, but not, not, not <coughs> Blackadder.
1: We, we had One Foot in the Grave, yeah. 40 Towers, Alan Partridge, Alan Partridge Bottom. Yeah.
2: Bottom, yes, yeah. Did you have any peep interviews? Show? Did Make... no, between. No, no, No between, breaks.
1: there's no Peep Show.
2: No.
1: But we do like those as well.
2: Right. Is that
0: is that not your bag, Tim?
2: Well, it, it is, but when you are to write a speech, you're trying to keep the so you know, <laughs> references, uh, just a few of them. Sort of. Yeah, fair enough.
0: Through the uh,
2: comedy archives. A time-limited
0: that. speech, you got it... the rest of the wedding to get through, I, I get it. I <laughs> noticed Victor was walking and reading this newspaper at the same time, which I think is the modern equivalent of walking and reading your, your smartphone in today's world, well, yeah. isn't it? Which I thought was semi-interesting, but not really. I thought, you know, re- reading a newspaper and walking was that a thing tim <laughs> it was, yeah, <laughs> for I mean, it's,
2: it's very interesting you know sort of seeing it because i mean to me you look at this and you think this is this is actually recent history when I mean, you realize it's actually you know getting on for 35 years ago Yeah, you know, well you know not quite so many years but getting on for a, yeah that sort of time It's quite incredible to to me that looks very very contemporary <laughs> yeah it's the side of the time side of age but yes yeah
0: i've seen very few people walk walking and reading a book before and I, I just found that mad but it's no no worse than reading your phone as, as, as you walk in there's a number of uh people who must have ended up in a and e because they've just walked into a lamppost or tri- no, fell yeah. down a hole I've, I've seen loads of videos of it i'm probably guilty for it as well walking and glance at my phone but yeah anyway patrick and pippa yeah they uh they seem like they know victor victor clearly doesn't know who they are We'll see a little bit more later on that. I I just wonder if um, David had any idea of how he'd evolved Patrick and Pippa. Did he think he would write in a, like a little civil war amongst neighbors? Because Patrick just ends up being such a mardy ass, doesn't he? He just doesn't really give Victor time of day throughout, but that's a, the only time. Obviously there's a few things that's are going to happen that give Patrick a reason to dislike Victor. based based on just massive misunderstanding. So all well. here. Yeah. That's the frustrating um, thing, well. isn't it? There's a few people who spoke to me about if you take the, the end of Who's Listening when he machine guns all those garden gnomes, which is way over the top reaction to drinking a bottle of expensive wine. And then in the following episode special was the man in the long black coat where there's a bit of reconciliation with them at the end, if you recall. Pippa loses a baby, she's in hospital. Victor's there for, for the pair of them and they sort of make up. But then series three onwards, completely reset. They're at each other's throats again, or Patrick more so with Victor. It's a bit of an ungrateful sod as well.
2: <laughs>
0: like, mm. We're getting too deep into that side of things. It's a totally <laughs> different episode. It's worth it's worth mentioning, I suppose, because we know what's going to come.
2: Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, we're back at Albert's now. It's still dark as it was before, but then the light does actually come on. And Margaret makes a point of, well, she doesn't make a point of. She's knocked over his dominoes, which he's he's absolutely fine with. He'll he'll pick those up later. i was just wondering, by the way. Why can't the locksmith have helped get the lights back on earlier?
1: Yeah, how could they see what they were doing?
0: Because well, yeah, he had his of torch, course, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you think I like to think if I was that whoever the engineer was, just at least have a look. Just you know, you live it's a blind man, you know. But anyway.
2: It's a possibility uh, those, The lights could have blown in the meantime, you know, because obviously I suppose, yeah. Jimmy Jewel being blind wouldn't have known. And he sort of said, Oh, that light has gone again. So it's obviously something. Oh, that's the
0: point. Yeah, I feel I feel a bit silly now because so you can't see, so there's no but I suppose it's that dignity aspect. You don't know what guests he might visit anyway to help mm. him. And if they can't see, it's no good is it? I think mean, that flat is so dated, isn't it? Oh, it, it looks like it has been decorated or touched, touched up of any kind since the the 40s. Yeah, it does remind my grandmother's old house many
2: years ago. So yeah. That, that was a time capsule from the 1930s. <laughs> early, the only early modern thing was a 1960s sort of television in there. That was sort of very much a thing of a person of that era, I would have thought.
0: Less is more these days, like hardly any decor and white walls. It seems to be that way more so. But then I'm sure having cluttered rooms is going to come back in again, if not already, with, you know, old antique. These things go full circle, don't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. do, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: The generosity of Margaret is pretty monumental. It shows how kind and caring she really is. And like I said, she doesn't always demonstrate it back at home as such, her affection with Victor, but with complete strangers. She is an absolute jewel, excuse mm. the pun there but i just realized that's his name <laughs> and albert calls in a favor i say calls in a favor like margaret owes him one but he has a letter from his son to that he presumes is from his son to read out Who lives in australia he's got grandchildren out there i think he says great great grandchildren yeah. as well yeah he speaks about what he could get them for christmas and he is quite excited about what this letter will read and rather heartbreakingly the, the post is simply junk i suppose it's a small callback isn't it to victor receiving it junk in the previous uh, scene.
2: He does actually mention the actual particular item that Margaret is actually now opening. As Aztec. Is, as Aztec. Aztec, is, is it? it. Yeah. Yeah. Victor actually mentions that earlier, and then Harry we have seen the reality in the, in the flat here, with um, <coughs> the individual character receiving that exact item of mail.
0: That's that's some great continuity, isn't it? Mar- Margaret's legendary status is confirmed as she ad-libs a reply from his son. It's, it's so sad, isn't it? Albert sits on Sits on with a smile on his face.
1: Might even be crying. Looks.
0: He's, he, probably, he obviously hears for them barely once a year. So there's no question that this was the right thing to do. Yeah. Like it, it could have led to all sorts of problems down the line. But you know, M- Margaret somewhat starts to choke up, doesn't she? But she per- perseveres and she carries on. She does really well. To, she does really well as an actress to play a role in that moment where she's got to yeah ad lib and make something up. She's very convincing.
3: Dear Dad just a few lines to let you know that we all miss you and that we're all thinking of you even though we're so far apart. the weather here the weather here is wonderful and we just wish that you were here to share it with us
0: so we're in the meldrew's living room now we've now got patrick and pippa sat on the meldrew's couch they've been watching the episode of poirot that they watched the previous night and pippa's also guessed the murderer patrick pipes up with an air of pedanticness and debates this theory that the victim could have slithered his way 10 yards to the conservatory's right to write down the killer on a piece of paper Slightly killjoy attitude from Patrick.
2: That's the first time you actually sort of, you know, see how perhaps character, the Patrick characters develop. Because <laughs> there's a hint of, I'd say, uh, not nastiness about it, but there's a cynicism. Yeah, yes. It. The first time you actually sort of see it, which obviously goes much to the fore in later episodes. Yeah. Because up until then, I'm limited to see him. He seems quite a nice guy. But here I've on saying, well, actually, perhaps he's not. He is a little bit on the sarcastic side perhaps. possibly
0: yeah very small example shown right there and margaret walks in in that moment not realizing obviously victor's got guests around they're not obviously formally introduced it did remind me of faulty towers i think it was <laughs> yeah. the uh the gourmet evening do you remember that episode yeah. <laughs>
1: this, this, is hall. This,
0: this is hall and, and, and basil is in that. and also called basil just realized that yeah uh, yes. <laughs> Wants to be introduced by Tibbles And he just, uh, he just faints, doesn't he? He, he pretends <laughs> to fa- he just Party <laughs> towers, that's just another level, isn't it? But it's yeah. just as funny as this, but pioneering. Uh, pa- Patrick talks about his 12-hour journey from Bath. It transpires that they, which we'll learn later, they've been on holiday for a month to the West Country, which I think is a very unusual thing to do. If you go on holiday for a month. There's lots of places in the West Country. I love the West Country, that's where I'm from, but I'm just trying to think of a scenario where... A fairly middle class couple like Patrick and Pippa. Holiday for a month. I don't know. They'd love to know a little bit more. Maybe they've got some family down there and they're just going from cottage to cottage. Who knows? Margaret clearly looks a bit startled and then unsure of herself as she, she dashes to, to the kitchen to find Vic the last ditch attempt to uncover who Patrick and Pippa really are. But well, well what? But well, who the
2: hell are
3: they? <laughs> I haven't the faintest idea. <laughs> some idea you let them in didn't you i've never clapped eyes on them <laughs> they suddenly turned up on the doorstep with three suitcases <laughs> i listened to them yapping on for two hours about cones and contraflows then i lost the will to live and put on a video <laughs> i thought you'd know who they were when you got back
0: Which- by now, you would be forgiven for thinking Victor knows since he's, you know, he's been watching TV with Thurman for the best part of a couple of hours. But yeah, he, of course, doesn't know. One of my favourite lines
2: is one we use quite frequently is, well, well who the hell are they? It's something, <laughs> and Rachel's quite, you know, you, you send a random photograph of um, a family day out and stuff like that. The <laughs> caption always says, well, who the hell are they? <laughs> so it's yeah. one of the of comedy
0: you know, legends, if you like. <laughs> I feel like the scene is a small foreshadowing of the final upper episode actually where the members of the public use the Meldre's dining room table as a place of healing for the disabled. <laughs> um after Mark accidentally advertises an old stitching of Jesus in the local rag. Yeah. I don't know why it reminded me of that, other than she purely because she had to go in the kitchen for that scene to say, Well, who are these people? And he, he had he had no idea. Did he have an idea at the time? I can't remember now, but at least Random scenes from different episodes always come to me when I, when I rewatch it, an older episode. Yeah, Victor's at the end of his teller isn't he? he? He speaks to them having like three suitcases and
3: mm. they've
0: been keeping company for ages and they're just both clutching at straws, aren't they? Like, who are these people? Are they family relatives, old friends from holiday? We do actually learn that Margaret's got a sister very That's subtly. Victor, as ever, believes in telling the truth. The truth matters and he just wants to ask them, but Margaret stops him very much like she will at the pub when we meet Meg and Billy, who thinks Victor's it. There's probably some other examples I, I can't think of at the moment. Patrick and Pippa actually announced they're tired and just want to head to bed. And the Meldries do try to be accommodating, don't they, and offer up their bed. Uh, <laughs> I actually I laughed a lot when Victor was quite offended with Pippa when she questions the use of their bed.
3: In your bed? Yes.
0: It's a perfectly good bed.
3: They haven't got round to go into a spare yet.
0: I mean, it's a very British thing they're doing, because like, they, they've got an, a get-out-of-jail card here. They're going to go, so don't worry about it. But they feel obliged to keep up in the ante and just make sure they don't go anywhere and then stay in their house. But they obviously think they're going all the way back to Bath, I can only assume, you know, hence just trying to be nice. <laughs> and Victor goes into over polite mode to the point of forceful insistence that they do stay. Um, I think Margaret goes to look for some fresh soap in the kitchen cupboards or whatever. And then Penny does drop drop for her much, actually much like in one for the Algarve, isn't it? You know, when she just realizes they're not in a prison cell, it's their holiday cottage. Yeah, yeah. She knows who Patrick and Pippa are at this point not it's not the best moment to tell victor since they're actually in their company but victor reluctantly lets them go let's go to the suitcases uh after market certainly suggests they just, just let them go that's probably the first look of um from patrick you'll get of like you've annoyed me you're a bit weird uh-huh. and she deduces that they're they are in fact the neighbors <laughs> perfectly timeline from mark when she briefly pauses in response to victor asking where they've seen before uh next door. <laughs> somewhat believable but the fact is they haven't seen them for over a month and they went so they obviously moved in new neighbors and just went off again Depends what your memory's like isn't it month isn't that long don't know anyway they, they didn't know who they were i just don't know what the chances of that happening in real life are it's easy to forget names i know but you surely would recognize i mean margaret did margaret say they both saw them I,
2: th- I think if I remember rightly, they are literally just driving off. a uh, mm. you know, wave of say goodbye. I think it's referenced actually in this episode. They say yeah. that it wasn't it- much of a conversation. If you've not known somebody, I suppose it is quite easy to forget. But then again, you kind of sort of think that uh, Pip and Patrick might have actually sort of said something themselves. You true know, the house with the suitcase. I mean, why didn't they leave the suitcases in the car? Or why didn't take the suitcase to the house first?
0: And then, you know, that's a very good point. And, but, yeah. Why why bring them inside? That is a very good point.
2: It did seem rather bizarre.
0: I like playing these games because you have to explain the way out. The only thing I can think of is the house isn't ready to move in, like they're decorating, they're gonna stay at a little B and B down the road, maybe. Yeah, that is a bit bizarre if they're just gonna go next door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we wouldn't have a sitcom would we if we uh no that's true that's fixed true. all these little so-called plot holes but anyway would be great a misunderstanding friend. and that's not not the best way to get off open to a relationship for with your neighbors but victor's been nothing but nice so actually they should say she's very accommodating he's let us stay have a couple of drinks watch a program it's quite it's quite inviting really anyway on to the next scene victor's getting himself and Cuthbert ready for the benefit concert Thankfully. For- Margaret does come in from next door. She she has explained what's happened. So it's one of those rare instances where they've been able to explain why they've appeared like weird. Because yeah. usually these things don't they go unexplained, and it's very frustrating. Because it, Patrick just thinks Victor's a sociopath or whatever, but they It's no, it
2: interesting, it'd be interesting to see how that explanation actually went, though. You know what? what, what oh what yeah, actions for Patrick Pripper may have been. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Then okay, yes, yeah, so I see. Rather bizarre, <laughs> so, but yeah, okay, we'll, we'll accept this just to keep the peace. And then when Margaret goes out, so, yeah, I think of What the hell is she on about? <laughs> <laughs> I think the seeds are sown there already.
0: Seeds are sown. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, pippa can run Victor down to the community hall for the event. So yeah, clearly on talking terms. Of that little uh that little meeting with Margaret has got gone down well to the point that yeah, pippa wants to be helpful. Victor proceeds with his next task of phoning the video people who needs to fix the, uh, presumably, the, the dodgy TV, as seen in the opening uh, scene. I'm not sure how that relates to the video playing up.
2: I think but... it's mentioned earlier, the TV, is, the video head, it's just all snow on the screen. It's quite early on in one of the first
0: scenes. Okay. Sense.
1: Margaret said it's like every everything that they watch is like an episode of Dr. Shivago Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's, there's some similarities with how he speaks, or how he speaks of the lady in the video shop to that of who's listening. Because he's quite rude to Mrs. Burridge. Okay. Yeah. Although that's a video, that's a blockbustery type place versus an actual video of how I know. But bimbo is the word he uses. It's a little bit offensive, is Victor. He's quite an mm-hmm. old fashioned boy, isn't he, in that, in that department?
2: So again, you see this again in another episode where he's contacted British Telecom.
0: Uh, uh, yeah
2: yeah. Um, still covered in soap and half naked, getting out of the bathroom. <laughs> God, the police turn up about you it. God, there's a bloody
0: telephone service. That one, yeah. <laughs> Stock.
2: <laughs> so <they're naked>. yeah. <laughs> oh, well,
0: I might say the words of the podcast. <laughs> you can. No, that's fine. It's, no, anything goes more or less on this pod.
1: Dripping down my legs.
0: Anyone <laughs> <laughs> with a what
2: put doing their legs is, of course, wide open to yeah. temptation <laughs>
0: as as he waits for his call to connect he spots Cuthbert as more material bursting out of his back as he picks them up and he's then connected to the receptionist meanwhile pippa lets herself in around the back which is a bit familiar i think even yeah. though she's doing a favor <laughs> standing at an unfortunate angle where she thinks victor's talking to this this puppet portraying himself as like a madman with anger issues <laughs> so, so she's also got an idea of what he's like so far with insisting they stay the night so she's already yeah a seed of doubt about him even though margaret's clear that the primus understanding yeah it will bring some doubts about for, for Pippa and about her, her new neighbor's state of mind down at the community hall and we see a view of the stage with the crowd applauding anthrax attack as we say as we see mr swaney playing the role of I presumably stage manager director who is liaising with the lighting and sound technicians about a change in order of acts or just making sure the lighting cues Play out properly. Love the retro radio he uses. <laughs> it's like a CB radio type is, um, yeah. device. You'll notice um the list of acts that he reads out. He mentions Jerry Sadovitz. Do you know much about Jerry Sadovitz? He's no. he was he's uh, a very offensive Scottish comedian. Very offensive. Like I, he's you, you won't be able to see his material anywhere more. Like on like YouTube, you barely have any clips of him. But he was uh, banned at the Edinburgh Fringe mm-hmm. for being that vulgar. Uh, yeah, he's just very well known for being just absolutely, yeah. He, if you ask anyone who's watched him live, they'll tell you. Like, it's just the most, it, it's just, I can't even get the words. I've. I've had, but a friend of mine, he went to watch Jerry Solvits and he secretly recorded on audio some of his stuff. And it's like, oh my God, like, no wonder he's not on TV or mm. there's any clips on YouTube. But anyway.
3: Right. Now, after Anthrax Attack have finished their set, we've moved the Cray sisters back. So it's now Des Hemorrhage and Maggie Mussolini. Oh, no, 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 right, yeah. Yeah. Then comes Jerry Sadovitz, Jack the Lettuce, Who Killed Kathy Kirby, and Sick Sick Sick. Oh, yeah. yeah. and then we're back as before with Iggy Dunican, Coil and Cap, Orphanage Explosion, and Victor Meldrew and Cuthbert, which will be the cue out of the first half.
0: Clearly, all these, all these uh, playful act names are all negative and sort of yeah twisted thing, and that's why jerry's presumably mentioned Victor stood amongst the other acts backstage as he overhears the lineup and he seems to get cold feet about appearing at all he's unsure about appearing after orphanage explosion but <laughs> it looks like he was approaching mr swaney before he overheard that so i wonder what he was going to ask actually he just seemed a bit doubtful but then when he heard the list maybe he was just was always going to say i don't want to do this i was a little bit surprised that mr swaney because he is that nice wouldn't, wouldn't say oh that's fine you didn't have to but he was under the cosh a bit probably to deliver a good smooth benefit concert so i suppose to back out at that last minute it's probably as stressful to be fair i've never arranged a benefit concert so i wouldn't know but
3: <laughs>
0: i did laugh at the uh actually we weren't i was going to talk about the uh young people trying to act by laughing it just wasn't very convincing but well that's a bit later isn't it it's made me laugh, anyway. So yeah, Mr. Swain offers an alternative, but Victor's still getting cold feet.
2: I it just seems for an elderly person's benefit
0: concert, but the joke always goes by. Really, that's true. But yeah, it's a good point. You, know, you, you made that point earlier. This is a yeah. elderly person's. Is it? Is it actually? Men- is it? Does he mention that it's for action for the elderly? Is it just a benefit concert?
2: I think he does actually mention it. in the, <clears scene throat> in the Garden with a Shovel mentions you know for it's a uh, conifer benefit concert or uh the elderly or the people they they, they
0: look after right i was gonna say if he, if he didn't mention specifically for the age group yeah it might, it might make sense but it is for the elderly but that's that is the joke isn't it they're never going to enjoy these rock and roll dance acts are they with these band names next scene where it starts to get a little bit dark to say the least. Margaret arrives at Albert's with some leftover flowers that's another goodwill gesture. She approaches the front door which is a, is a jar and she calls through to Albert but there's no response and something's the matter
3: Is anybody in? Hello? It's Mrs Meldrew from the florist. I thought you might like these freezers. We had them left over from a big display Are you at home?
0: that's obviously a very quick scene before we're brought back to the community hall where we see all the acts on the on the side of the stage watching victor Meldrum and cuthbert which is going going down an absolute storm which i'm really pleased it's a bit inaudible but you can hear him perform his act everyone's loving it aren't they like i'm surprised that david wrote that in there to be quite successful because usually these things don't really pull off for victor but sounds like it went down really well which i'm, I, I'm I, pleased for him
1: yeah, i think it's just margaret is just because the only time we sort of ever hear victor we, we never we never see victor doing any of these things the only time we ever hear of it is when margaret's critiquing him and i think she she's pretty harsh on him i think she's probably just a bit bored of hearing him or listening to him so she doesn't find it funny anymore or finds him annoying yeah he he seems to be getting quite a lot of laughs from those he does, people yes, that's right, yeah. even though they're fake laughing yeah, that's right. obviously
0: but yeah the laugh the laughing from the 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 other acts on the stage they, if you look closely i mean i'm, I'm no actor but it it, it makes ironically makes me laugh how unconvincing they look when they're trying to laugh i wouldn't be surprised if they're not even looking at anything because quite often you obviously they're supposed to be looking from a side a side view of the stage but there's there's a few uh scenes throughout one foot where you've got an actor say Victor who seemingly responding to something but we can't see what he's looking at so if you take dramatic fever when he goes to the theater to watch Margaret go through a rehearsal uh, Richard Wilson wasn't actually in the same theater as Annette Crosby was he was you just get his reaction so that for whatever reasons he wasn't in that same scene so mm. I was just wondering if those actors are in the same because it looks like a real hall isn't it? Later, later on, when when Mister Sweeney's taking a phone call in the corridor, it mm. doesn't look like a set, does it? It looks, no, it looks yeah.
1: Like location.
0: Also, happen to know in who's listening? when Missus Burridge looks out the window to see that her husband is actually alive. When you see that close up of her look, she's not looking at anything. It's actually just a different shot. Mm. Which you know. I don't know why they do that, but there's obviously a production reason for for mm. such a thing. Anyway, dwelling far too much on the uh, fake <laughs> laughters there. And Nick's called away by a member of staff to take an urgent call from uh, a police sergeant. And at this point, Pippa arrives at the hall to collect Victor, who approaches Nick, and he's, he somewhat snaps at Pippa. But I wouldn't class it snap in for, for Mr. Sweeney, maybe. But maybe he thinks he's been a bit harsh, but he does. he's obviously just heard some tragic news.
3: Well, one of the old people we go and visit, uh, old blind chap, he's... Uh... He's been murdered. Oh, my goodness. Whenever was this? This afternoon. He was found. It could have been any time. Old flat had been ransacked, poor bloke.
1: God, they can't be right in the head.
3: I just found him there on the floor, strangled. Lying there with a domino clutched in his hand. A domino? Yeah, he could play dominoes. He had a special set with Ray Spots. A domino. I didn't say which number. Yeah, he did, as a matter of fact. He said it was a um, a double one. I don't suppose it means anything. Anyway, if you'll excuse me,
0: i When you first watch this, obviously connect the dots straight away. That's obviously to do with Albert. Because you don't know for sure, do you, apart from the fact that Margaret's just turned up at his house we don't actually see anything i just wonder what again when you very first watch this episode do you instantly did he say it's a bloke called albert or did he just said an old blind an old blind chap
2: yeah mm.
0: obviously it is i just i'm always keen to know what people thought when they first watched it
2: it's always interesting though it's um think about it if because we in the scene albert which is obviously he's got a son and family in australia i'm just wondering how mr swaney sort of gets to be the person who's actually thought is he a next to how he's regarded as a next of kin
1: yeah. it's good, but I, how they know he's there and
2: how they know he's there
0: yeah well maybe he was due to go and he's maybe he albert's got a, an itinerary but maybe for say he has a carer who writes down what where he's where he needs to be and he just they that gets read out to him every other day mm. and perhaps there's always yeah. an emergency contact on there yeah i don't know he's a he's, he's he's a member of um action for the elderly so perhaps a key contact isn't Swain. He it's he's quite believable mm-hmm. i suppose but yeah you're right i didn't think of that how do they know he was there at that time on, on that and also it's it's not like it's his mobile it's a payphone isn't it yeah
3: but
0: yeah apparently it was um found... thing in those days as well um yeah. uh, albert was uh found lead on the floor clutching a domino in his hand a bit of a jonathan creaky moment i don't did you say you watched jonathan Creek, rachel no
1: i've never watched no.
0: it this sort of reminds me of jonathan Creek. the way they're trying to connect make a connection to the person who's been killed and what what's in their hand i suppose it also mm-hmm. harps back to poirot with the basil but clutched a domino in his hand pippa's curious to know how many dots did they say what what he was holding it was a double one and obviously at that point you see victor but bad, badly badly timed as ever he's got the two <laughs> spots on his name Presuming because of the the smarties from the first <laughs> scene <laughs> pulling off Cuthbert's head all unfortunate timing this is the one of the very few scenes with pippa and mr swaney isn't it in the same room
1: yes there's not many i don't think there's any patrick and mr swaney see no
0: there's a few mr swaney and mrs Warboys, but there yes. isn't i think this is it quite sure.
1: I don't think there are any Patrick and Pippa and Mrs Warboys scenes either are there? The
0: spot. I don't think so.
1: No.
0: I don't know why that's interesting but it is interesting. They're side by side to Victor and Margaret. Mm. I suppose in, in 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 reality like my neighbours either side yeah we're quite familiar with but not so much the other side of them. Yeah. Uh, anyway so back at the Meldrews Pippa comes in with Victor for some reason. I, I don't know why. No. Well, she's um, carrying an extra bag, isn't she, for him? But... That'll
1: be why. <laughs> but but he, there's no reason for why he couldn't no, put that
0: under his arm.
1: It's quite a light bag.
0: Yeah, she's she's a little bit spooked by Victor at this point, And she's asked to take Cuthbert and um, just to put him in the downstairs toilet <laughs> because that's where he's been living, just to keep out Margaret's <laughs> sight. And because Victor uses the, the phrase, he's bursting, put him in the downstairs toilet.
1: He goes in the toilet. Yeah, yeah, he goes yeah. in the
0: toilet yeah pippa is more than tuned into victor's apparent weirdness so goes along with it probably thinks she's going to get murdered or something and a mentally yeah. and emotionally exhausted margaret comes down the stairs partway into calling out to victor no. about her day she sees <laughs> she sees pippa being weird this will this will never happen again by the way where pippa and margaret see one another as doing something quite odd it's always patrick looking on at victor isn't it it's quite unique uh, a unique thing there is some cause to think patrick and Pippa are weird to the mildews given what they've learned about them even even if things were cleared up earlier sets the mind in motion about your feelings towards someone in many ways as taking a puppet to the toilet just adds to it but by comparison to the number of things that victor does in life that'll baffle patrick is yeah it's nothing compared to, to what goes on in this episode and then it Cut away to the a little bit later into the kitchen at this at this point, aren't we? Lots of lots of I've, I've written down lots of fairly rare and unique angled shots of the Meldrews' house, so you can yeah, like yeah. you can see the kitchen as if you were still on the edge of the hallway, mm-hmm. with Margaret washing up in the kitchen. Earlier, of course, the downstairs bathroom, which is seen in the in the trial. And there's obviously there's the view on the outside street from the doorway it's just not often you see these angles and so nick swain is breaking down the events of what happened
3: i just wanted to thank you for your contribution to the show mr mildew and uh, at least we can use some of the money to give old albert a proper funeral hmm for what a few pounds left over from his pension that's what his life was worth in the end the the irony of it is he had just over a hundred or so in the post office he was just about to use it to have all new locks fitted getting everything properly secured. now if he'd done that on Friday morning as planned he might be alive today. that's right. he said about that. why on earth didn't they come? apparently he just cancelled it at the last minute. he said he needed the money for something else. I mean what would make an old man like that suddenly part with all the money's he got in the world?
0: Thankfully, though, the money raised from the benefit gig can at least give him a proper send-off. But it's quite sad to think if they didn't have that benefit gig. Yeah. You know,
3: would happen,
0: yeah. yeah he's, he's got no funeral. But he was mugged and killed. Just uh, This is this is supposed to be a sitcom. Yeah. And we're, we're hearing about you know, elderly people being blind, elderly people being murdered. Yeah. So it takes a dark turn, doesn't it? And this is what One Thing the Grave is all about. Is what it's, it's why it's a great sitcom. It's why it's different from the rest, I suppose.
1: Yeah, it is. It's not but all
0: sweetness and light, is it? So it's a bit of a say the least, a tragic conclusion why he was about to pay for some new locks to be fitted. Deemed a mystery as to why he still has he had still the savings left over for this. Seemingly he didn't get the locks fitted and he just cancelled the locksmith because he needed for something else. So obviously naturally they're quite baffled by this. I just wonder, I don't even seem to, to be pedantic like Patrick I think you can change your locks all you like but someone's still going to break in, aren't they?
1: Mm.
0: I bet that window, window door is... Was there a window on his door or was it just just wooden for Al? Um, i say it could be smashed through quite easily but he, nevertheless he might not be murdered on that occasion but it was he, window, yes was it windowed, There's There's window, windowed yeah. okay there you go it was switched to outside albert's flat with a raw mail van outside Parcel's been left and the camera pans from up high slow to his front door where the camera zooms in on it on this parcel and it's rather tragically it's the bendy dinosaur's delivery the poor old burger's been duped into buying this for his grandkids. Mm. I do hope his grandkids get this um, gift, by the way. He's, he's been murdered for it, for God's sake. So.
2: This is an interesting point again because obviously he believes he's received um, a letter from his son and grandkids. I guess he hasn't. So it's doubly it it more tragic. That he's perhaps bought these bendy the dinosaurs on the basis of that letter from his kids. They said he wants to see you here and all that sort of thing. And then he spent his money. Um, has now been murdered because he's not got the locks changed, and it may have been ultimately for nothing anyway. Because maybe the family, yeah, the, the tragedy uh, didn't really care about him whatsoever.
1: You get the you get the impression that yeah. his family don't really bother. They don't with, really him.
0: bother with him. No. I don't think he'd hold the grandkids or great gran, grandkids accountable for that. I think he'd still have brought them something, regardless of his is, yeah. Yeah. regardless of his son's been is absolutely is absolutely crap. By the way, that salesman guy is in Jonathan Creek. He plays, ironically, plays a uh, detective. I say ironic because he's indirectly responsible, arguably, for the death of poor old Albert. Mm. There's quite a few of those uh, crossovers with one foot in the grave characters in Jonathan Creek. And Doreen's in a Jonathan Creek episode. It's bound to happen, isn't it, if it's the same writer?
1: We know that Albert's surname is Warris.
0: I didn't know that. Stupidly, is it warris Is on the, is on it's on the credits?
1: credits? No, no, no. It's on the on the bendy dinosaur. Oh, job.
0: oh, well it's spotted.
2: It. Postal addressing. We were talking about the actual.
1: Yeah, but is that a real place? I, d- I don't think it is. No,
2: I, I can't. Remember.
0: I suspect it's made up, isn't it?
1: Holland Street, yeah,
0: 42.
1: I yeah. can't read Hang that. On. Hang no, on. No, me gonna go no, no, apparently. Tom, it's in a, It's he lives in a place called Morley Hill.
0: I suspect it's made up, isn't it? Much like Rivers Bank.
1: Rivers Bank. Rivers yeah.
0: Bank. 19 River Bank, sorry. <laughs> Actually, there's someone's uploaded the picture. Yeah, they've uploaded the picture on 62 Tolland.
2: Tolland Street. Street,
0: yeah. yeah some... Warris.
2: Morley, Morley Hill. Then... DR7-9BG.
1: DR7-9BG.
0: No, in David Renwick, that's probably an anagram somewhere in there. Warris or Tolland it's probably an anagram for something that is relating to this episode yeah and then
1: Don't he's ask got me what. 7, David Renwick
0: yeah and also he's he's not a tight arse Al, but he's gone for the uh, two expensive, expensive dinosaurs yeah. he's gone
1: for the 50 pound dinosaurs
0: so he spent 100 and, it, and it's sad that he only had like 100 quid in his savings that's nothing no absolutely nothing not even for a a pocket money for a kid in this day and age so how would you rate that episode out of 10 that would that be in your like top five if you could just for some reason only have five episodes to watch or not necessarily what what do you think
1: not necessarily but it's difficult like we've had this conversation before it's so hard to to would qualify them really they're all so good in their own way every
2: episode has a memorable moments within it and i think. I oh, we certainly for of one memory. One is the quote well who the hell are they because like I said so that's part <laughs> of our, our my, my and Rachel's language that is but um, yeah I, I think it's difficult I think every episode has elements in it that we like I, I don't think I'll particularly pull a fate absolute favourite one out of it would <laughs>
0: So that concludes the Who Will Buy One Foot in the Podcast review. Next we've got Love and Death. Thank you both for uh coming on to the the, the podcast. It's been quite a, a fun dynamic having a father and daughter on at the same time. So it's very very good. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Hope you're gonna. Are you gonna watch any more One Foot in the grade tonight? Was again getting, getting a bit a bit late, a bit isn't it? Actually, probably yeah, not. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you both you both got work up regime tomorrow. Yes, so, yeah. Yes, yeah all right well tim rach thank you very much for both coming on to the podcast
1: you're welcome thank you
0: tom very very nice to have us thank you thank you